We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Kyron Williams, what does he do for an encore after his huge performance against Arizona? We're going to talk a little bit about the Colts and their running back situation. And is there a Saints wide receiver we can use this week, given all their injuries? Here with Lindsey Rhodes, we'll be doing that next on the Roto-Wire Fantasy Football Podcast. Everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Lindsey Rose from SiriusXM. You hear here all the time on Fantasy Dirt with Michael Fabiano all the time on uh, weekdays, Monday through fr- Friday on SiriusXM Fantasy. Lindsey, thanks for joining me today. Hey, I'm happy to do this. I'm excited to talk some fantasy football with you. Yeah, um, and I want to talk first of all before we get into this week about your journey to getting here uh, because <laughs> you started off more on just the general football side of things rather than the fantasy side of things. How did you get to the point where you're now doing a fantasy football for a living? That's a good question. I um I actually I I hadn't played fantasy football prior to joining NFL Network, and okay. then the reason that I started playing fantasy football was primarily to just I think it's a really good way to make sure that you stay familiar with what's going on all across the league. Like if yeah. you play fantasy football and you try to do it well, you're gonna know a lot about what's going on in the NFL because you are forced to figure out like where the wide receiver threes are that you might be able to put into your lineup. And so it's a good way to learn the league and the, the lay of the land in terms of rosters. And so that's kind of why I actually started playing and then I'm very competitive. So I want to do well with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I, when I stopped, uh, working for NFL media, you know, looking for different things to do. And Fabs, who's a good friend of mine, um, was great and was like, you should come on the show and and we should do the show together. And I kind of looked at it as like I was definitely coming at it more from a football analysis point of view and right. then um, working some fantasy analysis into it. But sort of and I, I think I still do that to a degree. Um, I really like talking about roster building when it comes to the draft and looking at the broader themes of the NFL. Um, but that also helps from a fantasy standpoint. So um, I think, you know, a lot of fantasy analysts come to their analysis for different reasons. Like some people are very data driven. Some people are very tape driven. Um, and so I think that uh, my background in the the league 
as a reporter and a host, kind of trying to read between the lines of what is said out there and what the stories are. And, and I think that that's kind of helped frame like the, the direction at which I come to the fantasy analysis. And then I just think the, the, the data that's, that's become available in the last few years in particular is just sort of blown up. There's so much information out there. Yeah. Yeah. And on, I feel like even on a week to week basis, I'm finding new sites that have, um, interesting stats or ways that looking at things. And I'm still trying to kind of uh, nail down exactly what I think is most important and most predictive and sticky as the um, analysts would say, or the uh, analytics people would say when it comes to, to um, trying to figure out what is going to happen based on what has happened. But um, that's sort of a, a circuitous answer to your question, but um, but I've, I've really, I've really, really, uh, enjoyed the, the lane that I've landed and I have a lot of fun doing the fantasy show talking about, uh, fantasy football for two hours every day with fabs. It's been a blast. That's awesome. And we all take our circuitous routes to get to where we are. I yep. mean, I was taking for the bar exam when we launched our company and, uh, oh my gosh, attorney, uh, but never practice. And I'm super happy with that result. Do you find yourself at an advantage, uh, like an informational advantage or an ability to read between the lines when a news item breaks and when, you know, okay, they, they're saying this, yes. but this is what this really means. Yeah. I do think that there, there is an advantage there of just years and years and years of, uh, being able to process information quickly and efficiently find the things that are most important. I think that that's one yeah. of the most important things for a reporter to do is, um, to be able to pull out not just the headlines in like an attention grabby sort of way, but like a what's important in this article. And then what are the questions that remain unanswered? And I always thought that that was, that was always something I was looking for as a host or a reporter. How can I advance the story? What information is already out there? And then what can I ask questions about um, that will move it forward or provide answers to some of the holes and the things that are unknown? And so I do think that that skill set that uh, has been built up over the years is advantageous in in this particular um, ballpark. But I do think also that there's something to be said about like overthinking it to a degree that is not advantageous. Um, I do think that when I first started playing fantasy football, it felt a little bit broader and like, well, that guy's very good. And so I won't, I won't overthink that. And now that I am in the weeds with all of the numbers, I find that sometimes I, I can maybe overthink things a little bit. And I think that some people do that maybe this week with like the saints situation. We had a call earlier on the show today that was, I forget who the other, oh, it was, it was Tyler Lockett or A.T. Perry. And I understand the question because you're looking for, with all of the injuries or health concerns there in New Orleans, you're looking for people to catch the ball. And so you're thinking, well, A.T. Perry might get volume and it's a bad matchup for Seattle. And the offense hasn't been particularly great this year and he hasn't been consistent. None of them have been consistent from a fantasy standpoint. But there's a, you know, like somebody who's kind of halfway paying attention is never going to overthink that and miss out on a a much more skilled player in Tyler Lockett who does have volume. Like we know he has volume, right? So we're projecting potential volume onto A.T. Perry uh, and at the risk of moving away from a guy that you know is going to be on the field for all of these past plays. Right. Um, and I think we we tend to kind of overthink things when you do have all of this data to our detriment. Absolutely agree with you on that one there. And and I think especially 
it's at it's at this point of the season in particular. You know, this is like do or die to get into the playoffs. We yeah. got six teams on by. You know, you may be sitting there at uh, six and six, like, oh, I really got to win this week. Oh, let's make not that's not leave points on the bench, and it's the worst thing. I always ask myself, okay, if my star goes off on my bench, how how unhappy am I going to be versus this other yes. guy? Uh, and I, 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 that's usually how we resolve that. The other side of that though, is that if you're like, I don't know, I think that this guy that no one's really on is yeah. like, this is a sneaky, yeah. good matchup. And then that guy goes, goes off and you're like, I knew it. And I didn't trust my gut. And so I think that they both, you, you can, you can, both sides are frustrating. It's all frustrating. Welcome to fantasy. Yes. It, it, yeah. <laughs> Only team went one, one team wins every year. The rest of us end in failure. It's just like totally. sports. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, this is a tough week. Let's talk about some of the positions. We'll start off at quarterback. Yeah. Uh, I think that's the toughest position this week. Yeah, I think that's what we absolutely. lost the most. Well, mm -hmm. I guess, you know, running back is always tough. Nasty but this week, that's, by the way. Yeah, that's true. Juwan Johnson. Yeah. Yes. Um, let's start off with CJ Stroud. He's been a fine for us. He's been a star for us. We want to, can't wait to start him every week, but he might not have Tank Dell. He showed mm -hmm. up on the injury list today uh, and missed practice. Uh, he's got a tough matchup. Quietly, the Broncos are a tough matchup now. They gave up 70 earlier, and yet they're a hot defense right now. How, what are you doing with how, Stroud in this matchup? How has this... Uh, the problem with Stroud, for me, that I'm finding, and if you have Stroud and then mm -hmm. not as good a quarterback, like, just roll roll with Stroud. Like, But I think yeah. a lot of people who have Stroud have Stroud and someone. And so it becomes a tougher either-or where you are trying to, like, figure out which matchups or when to put him in. That's the problem that I have with him anyway, because mm -hmm. I have him on a team. I think I have him on a team where I have Lamar and Kyler. So you're like, when, you know, right. um, and uh, you mentioned tank Dell, the one that I'm actually a little bit more worried about. I mean that, which sounds egregious. I kind of think that tank Dell is going to play. I think that, you know, in terms of reading between the lines of the reporting, uh, it sounds like they're not that concerned about him oh, and that, good. you know, he's a little bit banged up. So it makes sense that they're letting him rest to get ready for the game. And so my read of that situation is that I think he's going to be on the field, albeit not a hundred percent, but who's a hundred percent these days. Right. The one that I'm concerned about is them having lost Titus Howard on the line because yeah. the line has been so good this year in terms of pass protection, giving him time. And I, that's a huge component to any quarterback, regardless of how quickly they're processing or whatever they're doing. And he's been outstanding, but you want to have time to be able to read the field and get the ball to the right place. And um, they went into last week as PFF's 10th ranked offensive line this year. And then he gets hurt. They struggle in pass protection. They're um, they gave up 21 pressures, three sacks on 46 dropbacks and had the third lowest pass lock win rate of the week. And so I think that that's something that's kind of on my radar in terms of this game against the Broncos, which is a defense that's obviously gotten much better as the year has gone on. And um, so I'm, I want to make sure that he is going to have time in, in a matchup that I think is already going to be a pretty tough matchup. Um, that that's, that's low key. One of the games that I'm the most excited about this week, because Me too. it's hugely important in terms of playoff probability, uh, Tej Seth from Sumer sports. Um, I have become a little bit, uh, <laughs> obsessed with the graph that he puts together every week, which has playoff probability leverage. And the way he shows it is like, it's, you know, it's pretty cool. You can see like the lines that so visually you can see how, how important the game is and how much leverage it is. And this is 
clearly the biggest leverage game of the week. The Texans, if they win, uh, have a 50% chance of making the playoffs. If they lose, it drops to 25%. Broncos, 43% if they win. If they lose, it drops to 16%. So effectively, these two teams that are fighting for that last wild card spot, um, it looks like, it could effectively, from a probability standpoint, knock the loser out of the playoff mix. Um, so I, I'm really interested because I'm not 100% sure I know which way it's going to go. Like on the surface, you think, and we're coming at this from a fantasy standpoint. So I think we're all in love with the Texans and what they bring to the table. But the Bronco and the Broncos aren't as exciting from a fantasy no, standpoint, no, right? Like, <laughs> so I think we kind of look at them and we're like, but are they really good? Because they keep not getting there for us in fantasy. And the Texans look like they're just blowing the world up. Um, but uh, but clearly the, Bron- the Broncos, what they've done on, during this stretch of games, they've done it against good teams for the most part. Right. So I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, and I... Uh, but to your question, I would still play CJ Stroud the it, the same that I would play him every other week. So okay. it's, but again, as I mentioned, that's always an either or that I've been dealing with on my specific rosters is like uh, Kyler or CJ, Lamar or CJ. Now Lamar's out of the mix this week, so that makes it easier in some cases. But yeah, um, but if if you would play him normally, I would continue to play him this week. I wouldn't I wouldn't put him on the bench. Yeah, I think that's the route I'm going to as well. It's just it's just it's just it might just be prepared that you're going to get maybe 20 points instead of 25 or, you know, yeah. 18 yep. instead of 22 or something like that. Uh, Jordan love. Are you buying into the new and improved Jordan love? I think so. I think so. I think <clears throat> because I think it also makes sense that he's getting better as the season goes on, right? Yeah, like sure. early in the season, there was a higher rate of turnover worthy throws. And that sort of was an indicator of maybe some of the things that we were seeing in terms of the fantasy production early on that we all became enamored with that. Maybe that wasn't something that he could sustain the whole season that turnovers were inevitable, um, to come along. Um, and they did and the play regressed and their success regressed. But I think also he is, and I say this about all of these young quarterbacks, even like the guys that, you know, we weren't planning on playing like a Tommy DeVito. I think that there's good, there's, there's the potential for, um, huge growth from a week to week to week standpoint. I think every week becomes its own ecosystem with a young quarterback, you know, right. cause you, you're trying to figure out like with Sam Howell early in the season with all of the turnovers and all of the sacks or specifically the sacks. Um, sorry. Uh, you're like, okay, but how quickly will he figure this out? You know, that's the question with these young quarterbacks is they all take a a minute when they start playing to figure out like, Oh, this is what open means in the NFL. Oh, this is how long I actually have to get rid of the ball in the NFL. Um, I forget who it was, but there was a quarterback a couple of weeks back that literally pump faked. And I was like, what go on? Like you never see that in the NFL. Cause everyone knows that they don't have time to do that. Right. So the one throw by Kyle Trask, he kind of did the pat the ball (laughs) thing. And it's like, and then of course it was a little late and it was, you know, Godwin was just like a step out because of that. Yep. Yep. So, so I think, uh, it makes sense that Jordan love is getting better as the season goes on. And it also makes sense in particular with him because he's surrounded by a lot of young talent. You know, Mm -hmm. you're talking about Jaden Reed and Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. All of them are also in their own silos of figuring things out and fixing mistakes on the fly. And so I'm, I'm optimistic about what they're building there in green Bay. Um, at, 
And I think they've got a lot of really talented young players that they can build around for the future. Um, he seems like he's processing more quickly, looked really good on play action versus Detroit. Um, yeah. So I think it'll, it, he's, he's definitely a guy that's a little bit more schedule based for me from a fantasy standpoint. Like if you are desperate with six teams on a buy and looking for a quarterback, then maybe he becomes a little bit more attractive, particularly because we've seen a higher ceiling than we have for some of these other options that you would be looking to stream at the quarterback position. For sure. And this week it's tough. It's against the Chiefs. And we never used to say this, but the Chiefs are a tough matchup now. Um, and that's that's tough one. It's the Sunday night game, all that comes with that. So we'll see. Um, but that does lead into my next question is, say you have Josh Allen or you have Lamar, who are you looking to stream this week to replace them? Okay. Um, who, let's see, quarterbacks that we can stream to replace Josh Allen. And uh, blah, blah, blah. All right, thinking it's about waivers and who's available. <laughs> yeah. What'd you say? It's not, it's not it's not pretty this week. I well, it's, it's funny because I thought you said Purdy, and I was like, it is Purdy. Yes. If Purdy's available on your waiver wire, it's a hundred percent purdy, but you didn't say yeah. that. You said pretty. Um waiver wire. I'm trying to figure out where my list is so that I can, but this is actually taking longer than if I just came up with the names without looking at a list, Lindsay. <laughs> Good grief. Um Okay, let's look at that. Gardner is a guy that off the top of my head has a has a matchup that is better than usual. That was yep. the case last week too, though, and it didn't necessarily get there as wide receivers got there. Um, uh, but, you know, going up against Tennessee, they're allowing a 72.8% catch rate for wide receivers, which is the worst in the NFL. So we all know that you can throw the ball against Tennessee. Um, from a streaming standpoint, who else? Who else? Who else? You know, I'll throw out a couple of names and see okay. you can go. Yeah, I'll tell you name. if I like them or no. Yep. Uh, Kenny Pickett against Arizona. No, didn't think so. Russell yeah, Wilson, never. now a game he manager against Houston in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. yeah. Russell, Russell's kind of sneakily and, and I'll admit, I think I like a lot of people are like, I'm, I'm, I've been slow to give him many flowers this year because mm -hmm. sure. I don't, I don't know. Last year was so gross. Um, but uh, he's, he's been much better. He's been much better this year. Uh, the offense still has moments where you're like, what is happening though? Right? Yeah. Like, what do you think based on what you've seen? Are you sold enough that you keep him around? Like they're turning things around and he's looking better. Certainly. Is it better enough? You think that they, that they stick with him, uh, moving forward, or at least if let's take the financial stuff off the table, right? right. Is that something I, that you think that they would choose to do? I think maybe, I mean, I think it's going to be hard for them where they're sitting to find a better situation. Now uh, that they're I, winning. Now that they're winning, they're not going to get that early draft pick. Uh, they're not going to be able to probably afford the financial stuff. Uh, just, you know, makes it hard for them to afford like Kirk cousins coming off an injury. Not that I know. I think they'd even want to do that necessarily, but you know, it kind of prevents that. I just don't think they're going to find a ready replacement. I think they're in that stuck in that middle, you know, where they, they, they kind of have, they're kind of pot committed, I feel like, but we'll see. I mean, if he, he really have to be really bad to not use them. Going through the the games here to look for the answer to your question, I'm not sure that I'm seeing an obvious streamer. I mean, Sam Howell isn't a streamer at this point. You're not going to pick right. him up uh, if you can do that. I mean, sure. I can't imagine that you know he's available in many leagues out there with the rate at which they're passing the ball. Um, because for all of his um, 
deficiencies, like they just throw the ball so frequently that, that he's more often than not going to get there from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, what about Browning? If you're yeah. desperate. Okay, in so, like a super flex. This is super flex now. You're not going to start him in a 12 team. So I'm. this is me being a card king Bengals fan and a self-hating Bengals fan right now because okay. the, I might be too close to it. And I'd say no, there's nothing <laughs> downfield. Um, I just, it's all, like, it, it takes too long for him to process. You were talking about that earlier with love. The way he held onto the ball had no pocket awareness against the Steelers. Jacksonville's got a similar pass rush. Quietly, they've had a, you know, Allen's really heated up. Josh Allen's really heated up for them. Uh, I, I think that this is a team that is on Monday night. They're going to be hyped for this. This is their big showcase game. I think it could be pretty ugly. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it could be. All right. Maybe All right. Higgins yeah, so comes back and that changes things. I don't know, but eh. I mean, I'm just very squeamish about it there. In terms of like legit streamers that you might be able to get up off of the waiver wire, I would say that um, Gardner's probably the one that jumps out at me the most I agree. Uh, in terms of having a plus matchup. Yeah. I, I by week option for sure. I mean, I plus matchup and volume too, especially with no Taylor. He's going to probably throw out a ton. Plus he might get you that odd rushing touch. Is he, is he, I'm not sure that this is the craziest thing that, uh, you know, it, week one, if, if you had told me this was going to come out of my mouth in week 13, I would have been like, you're nuts. Uh, I don't know that we're getting that much of a downgrade at running back with Zach Moss stepping back into I that backfield. I think it's also though, because when they had the two of them, they could just afford to run the ball a little bit more uh, when they only have one. And I don't know if they trust That's Trey true. Sermon. I think they may have to throw the ball a little more. Plus, please don't, I mean, I think, please don't trust Trey Sermon. None of yes. us want that. Nobody no, wants no, that. Just volume, 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 all Zach Moss to the moon. Yeah, Let's do it. I agree. Let's do it. I have them in my top 10 this week. And that, that is, does lead into that. Well, um, that we are talking about running backs and Zach, you know, with Taylor out at least three weeks, probably more. I don't know. I'm surprised they, you know, I guess they want to kind of keep all their options open, but anytime someone gets surgery like that, I think it's going to be longer than that. Moss though has been great. Uh, when, so when good. healthy and so good, what? surprisingly. So it's like, what is Buffalo doing that? He couldn't do that there. Right. I, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Buffalo's a totally separate story, man. I, there's so much. Uh, that's, a, that's a fascinating squad on the high end. I mean, or at least one that should be on the high end. I, the, Buffalo and the Patriots to me are like, I just can't get enough of those two conversations this week because I just think it's just fascinating that we're seeing what we're seeing uh, out of those two AFC East squads. But with regards to Zach Moss, um, yeah, he's uh, he's effectively not been on the field for a few weeks now, Jonathan Taylor, since he kind of took over there. And he right. still leads the NFL in total rushing yards over expectation on the season. Like Zach Moss, I don't know what clicked for him this season or what is happening there in Indianapolis that has led to this success. But he's second in the league at running back and rushing yards over expectation per attempt. He's So like there's something that he's bringing to the table that's really impressive. And I, I, I was shocked. I don't know if shocked is the right word. I was bummed from a fantasy standpoint, but then also real world, a little bit surprised that they didn't try to trade him at the deadline because those of us in the fantasy space know um, how shallow the running back position is. And right. after he did what he did, when they knew that they were going to turn to Jonathan Taylor, clearly, uh, why they wouldn't try to get something in return for Zach Moss. I mean, talk about the ultimate sell high at that point. And as it turns out, I guess, good thing they didn't. 
because right. now they can turn to him. But I was I was completely surprised that they didn't trade him away to somebody else that was a little bit more desperate at the running back position. And um, this is the ultimate, again, fantasy, like bites you in the butt type situation. I guarantee you there, there are fantasy managers who finally, 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 just this past week, were like, okay, fine, I'll, I'll drop him to pick up whoever, yeah. yep. whatever guy I need this one week um, off the waiver wire. And then immediately he becomes like a league winner, potentially. You see it all the time too. It yep. happens all the time like that. And you got to do it. You know, six teams on by this week. There was some big bye weeks earlier. You had, you kind of forced to do that. And it, it's terrible when it happens. Who, who is the guy for you that you're having a hard time? Like, you know, you should, or is there anyone, you know, you should drop him. You know, that more often than not, more likely than not, he's just going to just eat up that space on your bench, but you just can't do it. Is there anyone for you? you? Jerry, okay. Judy, uh, okay. and Kyle Pitts. Uh, yeah. Kyle, I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I, I, you know, they say the definition of insanity is keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result. I keep starting Jerry Judy and expecting something different. It just starting him even sometimes. Yes. I, I mean, it's like a three receivers and a flex. I'm in one league where we start three flexes. It's just like, oh, it's just it's it's borderline. It's just I know better, but I can't stop it. I just know My- there's talent there waiting to come out. Well, it's funny because mine is a Broncos wide receiver. But it's not Terry Judy. Marvin Mims, huh? Yes, I can't. I can't. Yeah. I can't do it because I, I keep thinking they're going to be out of it. At least, you know, now they're competitive. Mm-hmm. So at least I, I kind of get it now. But I, for a good majority of the season, I was like, well, they're going to be out of it at a certain point. And then they're going to pivot to getting all these young guys. Jaleel McLaughlin is another one. Marvin yeah. Mims, these guys that have popped in terms of like their efficiency when they are on the field, which is infrequent. But when they are and when they give them the ball, the things that they're doing with it, it's like, oh, my gosh, there's talent here. Sean Payton, what you could do with these two. And then every week it feels like he's standing at the podium going, God, we really do need to find ways to get Marvin Mims the ball. And I'm like, just do it, please. Yeah, exactly. He's so good. Yeah, and so I have not been able like to the wire. Him. Have you seen the wire? You know, you're are you a wire fan by any chance? No, I have oh. not seen the wire. Okay. There's a line in there where one of the, the villains says you want it to be one way, but it's the other. That's the way it is with the Broncos. It's the other. We want it to be McLaughlin, but it's P Ryan. It's you know, McLaughlin got two. Oh snaps. my God. What? Yeah. Where, where did that come from? Yeah. P Ryan. I was like, well, obviously P Ryan's the odd man out there at a certain point a few weeks ago, right? Like Javante right. Williams looks great. That's great. Okay. So Jaleel isn't going to turn into what I thought he might possibly be when Javante was banged up, but um, okay. I can wrap my brain around that. And now you've got Javante and Jaleel in that backfield. Okay. And no, that's not the way they decided to go. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, you know, it's, I think uh, Adam in the chat was saying earlier, the, the discord discordance between what we want in fantasy and what teams want in real life. And yeah, they don't listen to us. It's strange. I don't know why, but they don't. I also, I also think, Jeff, that there's probably something to the notion that like coaches are with these people and have an emotional investment in the people. Like we uh-huh. are just looking at the numbers. We're like, sure. yeah, but look at what he does and his, you know, per attempt this and that. And like we're doing all the deep dive data analytics and they're they know the people. So I, I've thought this about like Alexander Madison with Ty Chandler in Minnesota, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, well, obviously Ty Chandler is taking over that backfield because Alexander Madison's super inefficient. And then that keeps not happening and they keep going to Alexander Madison. And I think there's a human component too, with the coaches so that they are 
just not to say that we're right from the outside, but we think that it's going and it's trending in a certain direction and they are going to, even if we are right, I think that they're going to probably drag their heels a little bit more than we are because they're invested in the thing that they thought was going to be true for their team that year. They're going to give that a little bit more time and space because that's their prior. We don't have priors attached to this. Yeah, absolutely right. Uh, You know, you see this all the time. Uh, Just and and. Well, you don't see them in practice. You don't know what they're looking like. We see that the quarterback uh, position all the time. Like, why aren't they giving this guy a shot? Mm -hmm. Why is Tim Boyle playing? Well, we don't see all that's in practice. And maybe that's blinding the coaches too sometimes. But yeah, more time in the offensive coordinator system. Okay, great. Nathaniel Hackett system. Yay. But, you know, it's still, I mean, it's Trevor Simeon's the the alternative. I mean, I guess it's fine to it. Go Cats. I'm a Northwestern guy, but still. (laughs) Um I know better that Trevor Simeon's not really going to be that much of an improvement anyhow. So that's my uh, little tangent aside there. Uh, We're going to talk some Kyron Williams here in a second, but first quick note from our friends at Circa, get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circa resort and casino. Super Sunday is in Las Vegas this year. Watch the big game poolside at stadium swims, big game viewing party, massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game. Snag the best seat in the sun with day beds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sports book, Circus Sports for the Big Game Bash. Three stories of football glory featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including bottle service, open bar, stadium-style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The Big Game Parties, only at Circa Resort and Casino. Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. And I'm here with Lindsay Rhodes, uh, and you're smiling because you uh, went to Circa. You know yeah. how awesome that place is. That's where I last saw you. In fact, yes, was at indeed. Circa. Yeah, that 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 pool is that that's the place to be on yeah. a Sunday during football season. I've never been there on a Sunday during football season because we were there drafting for right. our fantasy squads prior to the season kicking off. But I uh, I was like this this would be the place to be. That screen is Absolutely. nuts. And Rotowire does a summer conference there. We did some drafts there as well. Uh, it, it is truly awesome. And they're not li- they're not lying about the booming sound there too at poolside. It is really loud uh, <laughs> there. But uh, anyways, Kyron Williams. Oh my! Oh gosh. my goodness! Right? Did, I thought he'd do well against Arizona. I had no idea he'd do that. I know I had no idea they'd be that untethered. They just say go. You know, we're not going to limit you at all. Just go. For, first came back. Yeah. <laughs> what has his best game of the year? From a fantasy standpoint, yeah, uh, yeah. I I think um, there was also a part of me though that was a little bit more thoughtful about Kyron in that first game back because of what happened to Devon Achan in his first game back the week before. Yeah. And I know that my husband had played Devon Achan in his um, deathly guillotine league oh, and no. was just traumatized <laughs> by the yeah. fact that he got cut. You know. Um, and was saying, I knew, I knew I should have held him out for a week. And I was like, no, 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 that was not the right answer. Like the process that you went by playing Devon Achan, who has been way better than any other running back in the NFL this year, when he's been on the field, that was the right move. Like the talent is there. The opportunity is there. The offense is there. Like all of it's there. And you assume if they say he is healthy enough to play, he's going to be on the field and they're not talking about, you know, limits to snap count or anything like that. The right move is to play him because his upside is like 30 plus points like we saw from Kyron. Um, And then he gets hurt right away. 
And so then you have that in your head that like, if somebody's coming back from injury, maybe you ease them in, maybe you wait and see, like we got burned last week by a high end running back. And so maybe we push pause on Kyron and I mean, it, the opposite was true. So at least I was able to go to my husband and say, see the process. This is the yeah. process. This is what yep. you could have had with Devon. You just had bad luck and then he got hurt right away. But his role is phenomenal. Like it, it's, I think since the beginning of the year, when he first blew up, I thought it was predominantly because of his role. Like he's one of a few people in the NFL that they've given bell cow volume to this year. I mean, 16 carries and six targets in his first game back. Like that's, that's hundred percent what you're looking for. And there aren't that many running backs that have that type of bell cow type right. work. I mean, we're seeing so many shared backfields way more than any of us would like to see in fantasy. But I tell you what, in the beginning of the year, uh, his efficiency numbers like rushing yards over expectation when he put up 28 points against the Niners in week two, he was dead last according to next gen stats in rushing yards over expectation per attempt. Um, and this past week, that exact stat was the best in the NFL. Yeah. He had 4.4 rushing yards over expectation per attempt. So per attempt, he's averaging more than four yards then the data available says that he probably should have on that. So I don't know if he's gotten better because like I said, earlier in the year, I was thinking, I don't know if he's actually that good or if he's being propped up by the volume. Now it looks like it's both are yeah. true. So Kyron rest of season. I mean, I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah. Matchups yeah. tough though. Matchups tough. Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. But Maybe so no were the Niners. Yeah. Right. In week two, we probably were like, I don't know. It's San Francisco. Yeah, he was good in week one, but like, let's wait and see. And then he scored 28 points against them um, with 10 targets. Like the way that they use him is just so, so interesting because, because he's getting all of the usage, right? It's not just like um, on the ground or so I, I, I would say that he is the type of running back that you have to play through the tough matchups. I think you're right. Cross your fingers. The thing is so frustrating about fantasy football is, you know, all this good analysis that we have, it's good for the long run. But fantasy mm -hmm. football is a short sample game. Your yeah. husband's guillotine league, any guillotine league, especially, oh. doesn't yeah. care about your process. It doesn't care. It's just, it's so brutish and nasty that, you know, it's like, oh, we got to get it right. But the process was right. It's just long run, I'll win on that. But unfortunately, they don't give us a long run unless you play in a bunch of leagues. Yeah. Yeah. And, and even if you do play in a bunch of leagues, your process can be correct. And, uh, you could just get hit with bad luck at different times yep. in all of the different leagues. Like it's just, it's, it's a fascinating game because I think, yep. you know, uh, you, my teams are, I have some that are doing well and then some that are like middle of the road and some that are bottom of the barrel. Well, I don't know that I have any, yeah, I do have some that are, that are near the bottom, you know, I but and it's it's so interesting to think that you could pay this close attention, as you and I both do, and talk about this and know all of the information that's available and then make decisions based on that and then have it be so fluky. But at the end of the day, you're still betting on human beings to behave in a way that is predictable and they don't. You know, you just you're still going to have a guy who wakes up that day and is just having an off day or you're taking in all of this information and saying, oh, this team uh, runs a lot of too high shell coverage. And so therefore it's easier for, uh, to get the tight end the ball. Cause there are holes underneath and there are coaches that just don't attack it that way. You're yeah. like, but it's there. And right. they're like, yeah, but I want to go over here instead. And so <laughs> exactly. you, you, you know, it's, it's tough to predict the best you can do for me. I think the good thing that I, 
that I take away from this is regardless of the wins and losses, what I enjoy is the process. I enjoy the trying to figure out and do the problem yeah. solving. And then once they're in there, I'm kind of invested. But honestly, now that I have more and more teams, I'm less invested in the outcome of those because there's so much outcome anyway. Like if I had two squads, I would sweat those two squads all day long. But as it is, I have everyone and I'm playing against all of those same players in whatever league you want to mention. So my investment is just the things that I thought were going to happen this week. Are they happening? And that's how I watch the games as opposed to like, am I winning that matchup? Like I I'll kind of hardly check it. You know, I'm just, I'm, I am personally less invested in the outcome and you want to go back and check your work, certainly. But that's then part of the data um, collection for the next week. Yeah. And that's the part that I enjoy. Yeah, I, I agree. I like I, I root for my predictions to be right. I root for my rankings, <laughs> my advice to be good. Uh, I root for my Bengals still. Um, and then individual matchups, once it comes playoff time, then I'll sweat them a little bit closer. But fantasy playoff-wise, I'll sweat them more individually. But often, I won't even check to see if I won or lost until Monday night. You know? Yep. And, and same. Yeah. And, and I... Partially, I'm in like 18 leagues, so it's it's easy to do that. Uh, yep. But yeah, so that that's the way I've gone and I've evolved on that. So it's kind of interesting hearing it from you as well. Uh, any running back starters this week for you that you wouldn't normally start? Gosh, oh my gosh. Well, mm, that's a tough position to do this with. Yeah. <laughs> because I can't tell you the grossness that I'm starting at running back this week in various leagues. Like I, in our Series XM host league, I am starting my options were I, I was starting up until this week. I'm going to put him on my bench. Jaleel McLaughlin, not because I think that Jaleel McLaughlin is going to be good. I know that I'm looking at a max of five points, but I don't have any other options and it's a 14 team league and good luck with the waiver wire because there's also, you know, um, two flex spots that everybody's looking to fill. And so, mm -hmm. and it's a very deep bench. And so there, there are just some leagues where you're like, I don't even, I don't even know. Like we talk about running backs, this or that. And I'm like, I I'm going to play for the most part, the two okay options that I have, but also I went with a pretty across the board, zero RB strategy this year. And okay. it, it has not worked out for me. Uh, my wide receivers are good. Very mm -hmm. good. Um, but my running backs are so bad because the zero RB running backs that we zeroed in on, um, in that range this year, I think just almost in bulk haven't gotten there. Like there's a couple that went in those, you know, middle rounds range that did hit, but a lot of them didn't. I mean, Miles oh, Sanders, Miles Sanders, bad Damien Pierce, bad. Like, I mean, we were counting on the thought process in that range there was these guys are not particularly good, but they're going to get volume for yeah. the most part. That's what it was. Or like in the case of Khalil Herbert, I think he is good, but he's not going to get volume. So because there's too many people in that backfield. Um, and this year, what has happened that should happen. And we probably should have predicted was going to happen is that if they're not good, they're not going to continue to get volume. Like it makes yeah. sense that you would move away from the volume if somebody is not particularly good. So maybe we should have seen it. I was just wrong about Miles Sanders. I thought that he would be much better in Carolina um, than he was in Philadelphia, where I thought part of the reason that he wasn't as good as some people expected him to be was because there were so many mouths to feed. He just didn't get the volume mm -hmm. that was necessary. And I thought he would definitely see that in Carolina. And he did for a little while and proceeded to do absolutely nothing with it. And so someone else will get that opportunity. And that's one of my lessons this year. And it's, it's a lesson I need to relearn 
is yep. it may look like there's an there's not another guy. There's always another guy. If a guy can't play, especially, a guy can't play. especially running back. Yeah. Where you, you see people I, coming off the couch. Remember uh, Scott Fishbowl? I was on with you, you and uh, Jeff Radcliffe for hosting. I made a pick while I was talking with you guys. Uh-huh. Friends don't let friends draft Cam Akers while doing a live interview. Just Dude, don't do it. Just I, don't do it. I uh, was probably nice to you about it. There, I don't have Cam Akers anywhere. It was That's the one where I'm like, pat oh. myself on the back because yep. I did see that one coming. Good. Um, but that largely has to do with the back and forth of the relationship that he had with Sean McVay. Like all of a sudden that is like, he didn't like him enough before, but now he's in love with him to the point where he won't have a quick hook or uh, I just, yeah. I never thought that that was going to happen. But, but to that point, so I felt that way about your Cam Akers pick and Fabs laughed at me every time I took Miles Sanders was like, he's bad. Lindsay's bad. <laughs> I'm like, okay, dude. Okay. You're a hater. And as it turns out, he was right. So it's um, I think that that's going to be an interesting conversation to start thinking about in the next few weeks. And maybe this is too early because people are still in the midst of starting their, you know, doing their starts and sits and stuff. But just I'm starting to think about, like, what did I do in drafts that I need to reevaluate for next year? Mm -hmm. Because uh, the zero RB did not work for me this season. And and, you know, we'll need to sit back and reevaluate why it didn't work, which ones hit, which ones didn't. and um what the like the through line is there so that right. we can fix that moving forward. Yeah. And sometimes like I did do uh zero or hero running back where I did one. I and I do that. I think part of my problem is when I did that is I didn't have enough volume. I think if you're gonna go that route, you just have to keep drafting running backs after that. Get those stable four receivers that you're starting every week, maybe get one other, but then just running back, running back, running back, keep going. Just I, I think you almost have to go that way because um, if you do like hero running back and that guy gets hurt, let's just call him Nick Chubb, for instance, um, <laughs> you're still left holding the bag. Yeah, that's 100% true. And there are guys this year that have come out of nowhere. So you could have done this as a strategy and then had a, I mean, we could have picked up Kyron Williams and Zach Moss off of waivers at the beginning of the year. And then obviously we lost Kyron because of injury. And then Zach, we lost because of Jonathan Taylor. So maybe that wouldn't have even been a smart strategy, but I'm just saying there are people that you could have picked up throughout the year that could have carried you through um, that would have made it okay. Or you could have drafted them in a later round and just, but you just have to draft the right ones. And I think that that's what I'm going to have to reevaluate. And I think if anything, I'm going to have to go with one, one at the top. Like I went wide yeah. receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver in a lot of drafts Me too. because I thought like these are going to hit and now I'm set. Now I can focus on adding um, depth at running back, but I'm in a few leagues and this is another lesson that I need to learn. I'm in one league in particular that I keep telling myself, don't do this again next year, Lindsay, um, where I drafted, I, I mean, my wide receivers are insane. Like I have Keenan and AJ and I've had, I forget who the other one is. Anyway, I have had Pukunakua on my bench the whole season. And I know that lately that has been the right move, but the whole season, like all of those games where he blew up, I had him on my bench. I didn't have a spot for him. And I tried desperately to trade him away to upgrade my running backs. And I was, I'm in a league where people are just kind of like halfway in, you know, they're playing casually and they're just, they're not, I didn't even get a response to any of my trade requests. So I'm like in here trying to, you know, make moves and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh, I can't move them. And so I just stopped trying. I was like, they're not paying attention. So that's another thing to keep in mind. If you're playing in a league like 
that where people aren't going to play with you in that way, then you need to go in with that type of strategy in mind. Because in a in a shark league, you can say, I'm going to, I'm going to get all of this. Maybe I don't like the running backs. Okay. So I'm going to not guess on the running back and take the chance. I'm going to guess wrong and take a really good wide receiver that I know is going to be a wide receiver. And I'm going to have depth at one position. And then I have a trade asset so I can trade away and try and, um, you know, bulk up my running backs that way later on. Once I actually can identify which ones are good and which ones are not good. Um, and you just have to know what league you're in, I suppose. Right. I agree. I also think it's my experience when you've got that breakout, you're not going to be able to trade the breakout Puka Nakua type. You're going to have to trade the brand name. You have yeah. to trade the AJ the Brown. Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. then maybe you'll get that guy. And you probably won't get the guy you're thinking either. You'll probably get the next, you'll lose a round worth of value, but still might make a better fit your team. But uh, that that's what I've, it's been my, like I remember Cam Newton as a rookie. He was always uh -huh. our backup. You know, you have Drew Brees and I have Cam Newton. You're not trading Cam Newton. You're going to trade Drew Brees, and you'll be that's able true. to get something done. Uh, yeah, no one true. wants to trade for the unfinished, uncertain guy. Uh, it's just it's just the way it's worked out for me. Um, let's take before we hit wide receivers real quick. A quick other note from our friends at Splash. Rotowire is proud to partner with Splash Sports for the 2023 fantasy football season. Splash Sports empowers gaming commissioners to earn by creating contests. Commissioners can set up contests, add their style, and enjoy the evolving Splash Sports platform for their customized preferences. From daily to season-long contests, Splash Sports caters to various playing styles, such as DFS, Pickaxe, and traditional Survivor. And unlike traditional sports books, Splash Sports pits you against friends and family. Not the house. Splash goes beyond betting, a space where friends can connect, strategize, and share in the excitement of sports. Rotowire will be running weekly DFS tiers contests on Splash Sports all season. Can you beat the Rotowire experts? Visit rotowire.com slash splash to enter today. We are also on the Blue Wire Network. We like being on the Blue Wire Network, so we're going to play their ads right now. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. All right. Thank you there for that. The Blue Wire. Uh, go to their studios in the uh, in the win if you get a chance. Awesome, awesome studios there. Uh, let's talk a little wide receivers before we let you go. Um, want to talk uh we alluded to the saints and at perry can i interest mm-hmm. you in at perry as a desperation pickup this week i don't think so and i think the only place where i would think about playing an at perry is a place i mean you said desperation so i suppose that that box yeah. could be checked is um it would ha- i would have to be very very desperate yeah. because uh the uh, like in the second half last week when Olave was already hurt now. Like I think he was targeted one time after mm-hmm. Olave left. And so I'm not, he had that one big game. And uh, so at least they've established that, that, that they could go to him, but I think it's notable that they didn't last week when yeah. they also were looking to go elsewhere and have people step up and he wasn't really, um, and he also didn't play well when they did go to him. So I, I think the the pivot there is uh, Juwan Johnson that I feel more confident in. That's and bad. honestly, like I would, I would in a perfect world try to stay away. Uh, Juwan Johnson is the pivot for me because you might need a tight end. Like it's it's a shallow position. You're losing Hawk this yeah. week. Like there there are certain people that are off the table. Isaiah likely if you moved to him after Mark Andrews injury. Yeah. Yeah, we're we're running low at tight end this week. So that's the way that I would pivot in terms of getting um a guy that you can get off the waiver wire that's on that Saints offense is um is him uh who led the Saints in routes last week at a season high 19% target share um and was certainly widely available. But for the most part, the 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 um the player I think will benefit the most is Camara from all of these wide receiver injuries there and, and Taysom, right? Yeah. Like they still have Taysom that they can get in the mix, but I, I expect to see a bump in targets for Camara this week. Um, I'd be surprised if that didn't happen there. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that. And I even think Taysom and Juwan are good calls too. We saw Tucker craft score last week against the lions. I uh, didn't have a ton of targets, but did score and, you know, Right. You know, it's kind of sometimes with tight ends, it's finding that touchdown lottery. So a hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. So I could see that happening there. Uh, if yeah. Okay. Well, uh, I, I'm going to pick, pick at this a different way here. Well, my, our old friend, Jerry, Judy, Jerry, Judy, or Curtis Samuel this week. Curtis, Curtis, yep. Curtis, Curtis, a hundred percent. Um, because the, uh, team they played last week, 
Who no, did? Cowboys, okay, so they played then. Dallas. Dallas yeah. allows a lot of targets to the slot, and they peppered him with targets. I don't think it was a coincidence. I think it was specifically matchup related. The Dolphins also allow a lot of targets to the slot. So I think that this is Curtis Samuel is not a guy that I'm like rest of season Curtis Samuel, but in a high passing volume offense Mm -hmm. that has proven that they might be paying attention to that sort of thing. Like here, where are the holes? Where, where do most teams try to attack them with success? Um, the fact that we have seen them try to take advantage in that way and then now have another situation in front of them where I think they can do the same thing. Uh, I like Curtis Samuel this particular week. All right. I I like him too a lot. Uh, I like that. Uh, I think they're going to be having to throw the ball a ton against Miami. So we'll we'll see. I I think that works out pretty well. That score, that could be a fun game. It could be. I mean, the the commander's defense is going to give it all up to the dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. and I think that the commander's offense has the ability to keep pace. So, I think that could be a really fun watch. I sure hope so. I mean, this season we've seen so many like <laughs> So uh, true. I mean, the Big 10 West has come to the NFL and I, I I'm a I'm a Northwestern guy, so I hate seeing the Big 10 West this year. It's so bad and now the NFL, all these totals in the 30s. I, I know. I, I'm hoping this this game and the uh, Houston game is the tonic for us here. Yep. Yep, and then obviously the Niners and the Eagles. Yeah. Woo! Yeah. Please yeah. get over 50. Do it. Do it. We can do this. Dare to dream. <laughs> um, do we dream on Terry McLaurin ever coming back to the guy that we thought he was, by the way? I'm just <sighs> Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's had a rough go of it yeah. this year. Um, when he's not playing Philadelphia. Yeah. <laughs> because what like why? I don't know. But he's got Phil Philadelphia likes playing in the two games against them. He's averaged 20 points per game. And then against everyone else, it's 10.8. So what? And, and it's been single digits like the last three weeks. And yeah. they're tra- you know, they, they, they're they're throwing the whole entire second half. I mean, it's just there's so many games like that. The Chicago game, the Thursday night game where Byron Pringle is getting all these targets. I'm like, I can just see your 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 buddy Fabs just going off on this. Just I can oh. hear it in my head. What yeah. fabs go off? Yeah, no. No. impossible. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but McLaurin's a good player still. Yep. I, I just don't get it. And Howell's not not a guy that hurts wide receivers. It's no, so baffling to me. No, it's it is uh, one of the biggest mysteries of the season that Terry McLaurin hasn't dominated yeah. and just been peppered with targets. Um, yeah. I don't know. And honestly, Jahan Dotson hasn't like no. either. It's not like you would have thought going into the season. Okay. Sam Howell, if I told you Sam Howell is going to throw the ball this frequently, we're going to have over 300 yards a game pretty much on the reg. And you would think like both of them breaking out massive yeah. seasons for both. And that hasn't happened for either of them. It's just kind of sporadic. Like someone has a big game here. Someone has a big game there there. It's, it's too spaced out. It's too spread out. It's not particularly great for fantasy unless you have Sam Howell and want to play him perhaps. But even then I'm like, he's, he's more helpful in a, in a super flex quarterback, right? Where like you already have a quarterback that you can kind of trust more consistently. And then you're like, Oh, look at that big boom in the second yeah. quarterback spot. That was fun. Yeah, I, it's so funny. You mentioned that because I'm in a super flex league where I actually have three good options every week. I have Howell, I have Trevor Lawrence, and I have Purdy. And every week, I'm kind of like, oh, they're all in the same range. They're all one, of, and one of them's not going to go off. It, earlier, yep. it was Trevor Lawrence, but now it is Trevor Lawrence going off. Um, and one of them's and and two, one of them's going to kind of go, eh, it's just okay, good in real life, but maybe it's so great in fantasy. Howell's the opposite, good in fantasy, not so great in real life. Yep. But yep, every week I've got that be. decision. Yeah. I think he could be. I'm I'm hopeful for Sam Howell. I hope 
I don't know. I hope they continue to build around him for a little bit, but the, I realize there are probably commanders fans that are throwing things at whatever um, thing they're, they're listening to this or watching this on. Um, Cause he, he can be a little bit of a roller coaster, but I think he is one of those guys that has, um, has uh, attacked some of his deficiencies and doesn't make the same mistake over and over and over again. Like he's kind of, you know, figured things out. And I, I think that there's stuff to work with there. I'd agree so, with that. We'll uh, I'd like to see them invest in an alignment in the first round of the coming out or here. two or three. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Um, let's, let's, let's get him hit a little bit less frequently. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I have a whole lot of other list of things here, but we're already almost in an hour in. Do you want to hit a couple of questions before we let you out of here? Yeah, let's do it. All right. Let's go uh, to this here. Uh, let's see. Ne uh, ne uh, Nino Pena says in a redraft league, do you trust, cup or christian kirk going forward dude that one's tough too i oh gosh dude i don't know that one's tough um the thing about kirk is that there's been like a negative correlation with zay jones being on the field for him it, that has been positive i think for the team in general and certainly for calvin ridley in mm -hmm. ways that i don't totally understand like the things that they started doing with calvin ridley as soon as zay jones was back and i'm sure that you know if you're a coach out there and you understand why this is maybe I'm, there's got to be an explanation as to why this is but there were in the weeks leading up to that i was like okay i'm done i'm done with ridley i don't have any shares of ridley this year I guess that's been a good thing until the last couple of weeks, but for the most part, I'm like they're lining him up on the sideline and then having him run routes on the sideline and they're not moving him around. They're not putting him in motion. They're not, you know, putting, putting him in a stack or a bunch or anything like that to make his life easier. They weren't doing any of that stuff. Then Zay Jones comes back and now all of a sudden they're doing that kind of stuff. And yep. Oh, Whoa, look at this. We're having success. Like that's a shock, but why did it take having Zay Jones back in order to start doing any of that stuff. I don't understand how the, that those two are correlated. I don't get that, but there appears to be some correlation, but it is. Yeah. But it's, it's a, a negative it's... correlation for Christian Kirk and also for Travis Etienne. Um, so apparently we can't have all the nice things in Jacksonville at one time. It has to be some here and some there. Um, so let's see. I think I'm tempted to say Christian Kirk and I can't believe that I'm tempted to say that because in the places where I have Cooper Cup, unless I have some of the rosters that I mentioned, like an AJ Brown and a Keenan Allen and a and a and a, um, you're gonna. I think you have to continue to play Cooper Cup because he yeah. could give you thirty points, and I can't explain why he's not. So until you know, unless there was a specific answer that I could point to, it was like it's not going to happen, you guys, because bleh. um, the in the absence of that, the fact that he's scoring five points a game on average in the five games, the, the last five games, like I don't know, but there was a big blow up game in there, and there yeah. could be again this week. Yeah, so you have to keep trotting him out. Exactly, exactly. That's so frustrating, but I think you're right about that. Quincy Davis says, uh, start one Charbonnet over Mixon or Singletary. <sighs> well, for me, let's see. I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate Charbonnet. Okay. Um, of the three this week, even though the volume is looking like it's going to be there this week, he had what an 87% snap share last week, which was the second best for a running back. Um, so it's great that he's getting the backfield to himself, but look what they did with it. Like nothing like mm -hmm. they, they didn't have a single player that scored in double digits in fantasy last week. The Seahawks, not so one. Sad. So sad. So, so that obviously means he didn't with that volume. Um, let's see mix in or Singletary. What do you think? I've narrowed it down. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go Singletary, though I'm disturbed at how they completely went away from the run last week. But single, I mean, at least Singletary still got all the snaps, 47 to 11. Actually, I look at it. No, I've got them back to back in my rankings. I have yeah. Mixon at 19 and Singletary at 20. So I'm not much help here. I uh, think I might go Singletary. I yeah. think I might go Singletary. I don't like the Bengals offense, which is traditionally yeah. just not a great sign for the running back. Mm-hmm. Um and in that offense last week, he didn't do anything. Yeah. And so I think we've kind of had a sneak preview and, and it could change on a week by week basis. I mean, the, the good news is that there wasn't a single other player who took a snap uh, or had a carry last week other than Browning. Right. So who's the only running back that had any volume? The bad news is it was eight carries. Yeah. <laughs> and nothing one. happened. And what, two, yeah. two yards per attempt or something like that? So, yeah. um, so I think Singletary is the answer there because I think that the offense is more likely to put up points, and that's a good sign for him. And yeah. So let's I go think Singletary. You- I think the only reason I would have some hope is if T Higgins came back and proved that he was a, like a threat. And then yeah. all of a sudden teams had to dedicate one extra coverage guy. And so they maybe less that's true. boxes. That's, that's the mm-hmm. thing I'm thinking that could be, but I don't know if that's going to happen. We won't know until Thursday before uh, Friday, Saturday, who knows? Cause they're playing on Monday night. Eh, gross. Are you saying Trenton Irwin doesn't, doesn't draw that defensive attention? I love that... Trenton Irwin and no, he does not. Um, there's a stat <laughs> going around today about uh, the outside receivers winning one-on-one matchups. And Irwin was one of those bottom five guys uh, barely had enough reps, but uh, Carolina had two of those guys, by the way, they had Terrace Marshall and Shark were down there. Oh, gross. Yay. Yeah. What do you think about feeling this week? Oh, That's an interesting one because yeah. it should he- be a, should be a fire matchup, but eh, so tough. I mean, the box you can throw on the box. You can get the ball downfield. It feels like if there is a week where we're gonna see it flip again. I mean, you one point two, one target too. for two yards. Are you kidding me? Like that was awful against Tennessee, no less. That's there- a good point. You're right. That's especially bad. Yeah, I'd forgotten mm-hmm. that they had failed to take advantage of that. Anyway, yeah, yeah. but it could. It could. It might. Yeah. Uh, I, I have one really bad, awful, no good decision in a super flex league. I have Bryce young versus Jake Browning. You want to talk about just grossness, but, uh, it's not good. You, what are you, you going to do? What do you, what do you, what are, how are you leaning? I'm leaning Browning because are think, you really, you're that done with Bryce. I have better players to throw to at least. That's a hundred percent true. Especially if T comes back and you're right. Yeah. You're right, because you could throw the ball. You could do like an, well, Aiden O'Connell hasn't, you know, his his stats haven't. But you could do like what he did his first couple of weeks once they pivoted off of Josh McDaniels, which I thought was the most predictable thing ever. Like play Josh Jacobs, play Devontae Adams, because what they're going to lean into here from a culture standpoint is like, we're going to get the ball to those guys. We're not going to outsmart ourselves. We're not going to be cute. We're going to go to Devontae Adams. We're going to throw, if it's double coverage, throw it anyway. That's open in the NFL. If you're Devontae Adams, Aiden, okay, quick uh, history lesson of the NFL, just throw it his way. More often than not, he's going to catch the ball. If he doesn't catch the ball, we're not going to bench you. Like I I thought that that was the most predictable thing ever that they were going to just go crazy um, in terms of targeting him. Uh, Gosh, in Bryce's in Bryce's case, there's no one to message that to him. No, no. <laughs> they took Josh no... McCown even away from him. Like I don't, I'm not expecting that interim coach bump for the Panthers that I usually do expect when people fire their coaches. I agree with you on that. I, I the owners remains the same. That's the problem. Uh, there's no Jamar. I'm always open. Chase yelling at him. That's for sure. Exactly. 
That and that's why I started um on that tangent was yep. that they at least have Jamar Chase. So you say, hey Jake, yep. right there. Let's that's do where that. you're gonna throw it every time. Nicholas says, who should I start? Herbert versus the Pats or CJ Stroud versus Denver? Talk about a good first world problem. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Yeah, it is. I am going to go CJ Stroud. I'm going to go CJ Stroud because I don't like the options on the receiving end for Justin Herbert that are not named Keenan Allen. And, uh, you know, I think we saw last week what we saw last week at the end of the year, like in the playoffs, remember when he had single digit outing after single digit outing and you're like, yep. he's so good. There's no way he's going to do this again. He can because the offense is such that it might not support him. And yep. CJ Stroud is in a much better offense. And I think that they are uh, even against a good defense guaranteed to score touchdowns. And I can't say that about the chargers, even as much right. as I love Justin Herbert. And I think he's incredible and is being sadly wasted. What's sad is they tried to address it. They they spent a first round pick on Quentin Johnston and it just did yeah. not work. And you yeah. see the side by side Zay Flowers versus Johnston. Yep. You're like, oh no. We're or gonna see it for the rest of time. Yep. Yeah, uh, it's just sad. Very sad. He's the new that's the new Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson. Yep. I fear. Yep. I fear. Be. The the other one that actually should be the side by side is here's what Sean Payton has done in Denver this year. Sean Payton, who according to reports, wanted the Chargers job. And they were like, no. Remember all those reports The uh, yeah. right after week 18 when he played everybody way too deep into a meaningless game? And I forget which player got hurt, but somebody got hurt. And I I was irate. Like, okay, you know, like this is, this is, this is egregious. And Sean Payton sitting there living in Manhattan Beach, loving his life, wanting that job. And all the reports were, oh yeah, the Broncos don't handle coaching this way. They're probably not going to fire him. They're not going to, they're not going to pay for, I was like, what do you mean that they don't do that? Like historically, like maybe this is the time now that we all know that your name is used as a verb for failing to succeed in clutch moments. <laughs> maybe we redo the way we've always done things. Maybe we like actually shake things up and go make a big splash coaching hire. And now you have Sean Payton out there turning the Broncos around and pulling them out of that dumpster fire. And you're right back where you were, which is looking to potentially fire your head coach and Brandon Staley. And now where are you going to turn? Now, well, what are your options? At least uh, Staley does a good job of explaining his position at press conference. Uh, uh, nope. Can't go there uh, either. You know what though? As a reporter, uh, as a former reporter that, I mean, I, I can relate to, I can relate to sitting there and asking questions. And then now that I'm kind of farther away from it, I'm like, oh, don't ask the question that way, though. You know, like there are certain questions where you're like, what do you think he's going to say? Yeah. If on a week to week basis, you're like, are you thinking about giving up your job because you're clearly failing at it and it's not good? You know, like, I mean, there's only so much that a human being should be forced to take in that department before you expect them to lose their mind. Yeah, so, for sure. I and he did it himself, remember, early in the season this year, uh -huh. too. So it, it happens. Yep. Uh, by the way, it was Mike Williams that got hurt in week 18. That's it. The yes. Broncos. You know, that bad. Well, you knew it was one of them, right? Yep. Mike or yep. Keenan. Yep. And you just, it took away the, any downfield option they had. And guess what? They still don't have a downfield option. You know, it's even Josh Palmer got hurt. I mean, they, they had some bad luck here that, that Williams got hurt again. Johnston is terrible. And Palmer, who was making progress, then got hurt. I mean, it, 
but still, it's still the chargery. It's do still we perfect. get do we get Palmer back this weekend? Please get him back. Yeah, that would be nice. That would be very nice. Lindorfins with our final question here. Okay. Uh, she asks, uh, need help choosing two running backs and a flex. Warren versus Arizona, HN versus Washington, Nico Collins versus Denver, or is Charbonnet at Dallas? Who is the odd one out? Oh, easy. This one's easy. All right. For me, it's Charbonnet. Yeah, me too. It's the the matchup is so the matchup's tough. Dallas is just not going to give it up. And it's not like the Seahawks offense is like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't normally give it up, but wait till we come to town. No, not this year. Yeah. Uh I agree. I agree. It doesn't look like Walker's gonna play, and I still don't think it matters. Yeah. What Pete Carroll said yesterday that he'd seen like no indication that his oblique had improved at all. I was like, oh, that's not a good sign. You don't even need to have a strong reporting background of reading between the lines to figure out that that's not a good sign for a Thursday game. I always think with the bleak injuries, how can you tell though? I mean, (laughs) is he walking differently? I I guess you're wincing a little bit more, but uh, yeah. Doing like cross chops. Yeah. Carol's always got moves. Yes. He's always got weird ways of describing injuries though, too. I think he, I think he, what he said, it was legit. No, there was a word he used for Walker that I was like, Oh, Okay, that's an that's an interesting way of phrasing it there. But he almost gives you nothing. So if he gives you something, you got to take it for for what it is. Yeah, yeah that's so. true. All right, I think we'll leave it on that note. Lizzie, thank you so much. Uh, such a joy just talking football with you for an hour. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I'm no happy that we finally got a chance to like work together. Kind of exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll have to make that uh, a little bit more regular uh, basis. We'll get you on the uh, Rotowire show sometime too. Love um, it. Let's do it. All right, very good. Make sure to listen to her show, Fantasy Dirt, 1 to 3 Eastern Time or 10 to noon best coast here. Um, and uh, It's that's free until December 4th, by the way. Serious X and free listening period. And the, the Fantasy Channel falls into that. So just like pop it up on your in your car. The Serious button will work this yes. week. Yes, it will. <laughs> Channel 87, everybody. All right, that's going to wrap up today's show. Big thanks to everybody for jumping in in the comments. Really do appreciate that. Thanks to our sponsors, Circa and Splash. And we've got Mario and John tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Rotowire. Bye.